in every transition and in every predecessor successor relationship, you've got to make up your mind right now. What are you going to do with the nakednesses that you discover in wow. your predecessor? Every successor wow. needs to make up his mind now. When I discover a vulnerability in the in the predecessor, I am not going to exploit it. Because you will find them. You'll no find doubt. them. You'll find yeah. them. They're there. Welcome to the Christian Leader Made Simple podcast. I really hope this episode helps you learn and master the skills you need to grow your leadership effectiveness and enjoyment. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to get notified as soon as I post a new session so you don't miss a single episode. I'd also greatly appreciate any reviews, likes, and shares that you can give me. It just helps me extend my reach to more people. So leaders, I know just how frustrating it can feel when you're in the weeds of work or ministry and life is chaotic, you're struggling to feel effective, and you're just not enjoying leadership as much as you could be. And so to help you, after many years of leadership and executive coaching, I've developed a framework called the Christian Leader Blueprint that'll guide you to find clarity in your life and leadership. It'll help you gain a better rhythm of life. It'll help you see yourself more clearly to leverage your strengths and you'll produce more productive relationships. It's a step-by-step -step guide to leadership transformation. And I have that in two formats now. I have a free short guide that you can find on ryanfranklin.org and I have a book, the Christian Leader Blueprint. And you can find that in any format, including an audiobook wherever you buy your books. I have a few more things on my website that you may be interested in, so just head on over to ryanfranklin.org and check it all out. And now, let's get to our session. Today we have a special guest on the podcast, a fairly new friend of mine, Pastor Daniel McKillop. And I want to start by telling you a little bit about Daniel. He is the senior pastor of the Family Worship Center in Plaster Rock, New Brunswick, Canada. Pastor McKillop leads a dynamic team of pastors, teachers, and leaders across multiple campuses located both in Canada, uh, North America, and beyond. And he is married to Ruth and has one son, Jaron. And the way that I met him is through his very popular podcast called Kingdom Life. So, Pastor McKillop, first of all, I want to say welcome to the Christian Leader Made Simple podcast. And second, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your popular podcast, Kingdom Speak? Well, thank you for the privilege to be with you, Ryan. And um, it's it's been a conversation that I've been looking forward to since your invitation uh, a few weeks ago. And um, so it's, it's just a privilege to be here. And I, as I was hearing you talk about your book, and this is not just a prop, <laughs> but this is on my desk, and it is part of uh, a daily regimen of trying to develop my leadership abilities. And so thank you for uh, your contribution to that and the impact that you've made uh, in, in my own life. So um, Absolutely. We're, we're honored to be here today with you. Uh, Kingdom Speak, just a real quick history of it, was kind of the um, the, the stepchild of, of our COVID pandemic era. Um, so we all were kind yeah. of thrown into the midst of what do we do now with the surplus of home time and no travel. And in our case, for our church, it actually went through a series of uh, off and on about five to six months where we couldn't even have uh, in-person yeah, services. You were locked down very tightly in Canada we for, for quite some time. So this so this originated actually during that time of COVID, February of 2020 of or in that, in that area? Absolutely. Yeah. I think our first episodes went live maybe in April, um, but it literally was, you know, what, what are what are our folks going to do? You know, they're home. They, yeah. And when, when we're locked down, I'm talking locked down to the point of we're in a very rural setting. And so we, there was, there was seasons when we couldn't even travel 30 minutes to where we normally, the next larger community where we, we get groceries that was off limits, you know? So they, they were home. What are they going to do? They're, yeah. they're going to have to. So that, that was kind of 
uh, birthed in that season. And then it just has taken a life of its own. And our relationship and friendship is one of the many benefits that we've uh, experienced because of that. Yeah, it's been a, uh, and I'm not sure exactly when I started listening to it, but it's been quite some time, a couple of years now. And Mm -hmm. it it was definitely timely. It was, uh, there was not a lot of um, podcasts like yours um, out there. And so it was a, it was a, um, for me, it was just a, a, a good, you, you know, you guys put some entertaining things, but then also some learning things. Sure. And it's just a good variety of, of, uh, of content that I have thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you so much for doing that. And your team, your, your studio, by the way, is just phenomenal. You're, you're in your office now, but you're, you're, right. uh, your studio. Right. If you have not seen his studio, um, where can they where can they find uh, a video uh, option of sure Kingdom Speak or, or and just tell them you know in general where can they find Kingdom Speak? So uh, it's available on obviously on all of our um, all podcast platforms across across the spectrum, but mm-hmm. it's also video as you've mentioned as well as audio. So we're on YouTube. Um, but if they, if they want a shortcut to, to wherever they can find us, they can go to kingdomspeak.ca for Canada, kingdomspeak.ca and all the links are there. So yeah, we, again, back to the fact that when we started it, it was, we, we really didn't know what the longevity would be. We didn't know whether it would resonate. So a lot of it was done here in my office for the first few months. And then when it started gaining the tractions, when we, invested in the studio so we enjoy it well it is it is top notch and maybe maybe one of these days i'll i'll have a my own studio for the podcast who knows just come (laughs) and join us here if you don't if you don't get that just come i was thinking that same thing maybe i could just come join you yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so today uh leadership transitions are obviously it's it's a routine topic for leaders (laughs) today, sure. uh, which is uh, why we chose this particular topic uh, for us to speak about today. And I realized after talking with you and texting back and forth that this is a strong passion of yours, um, and and you have your own story of transition. And so I've asked you to be on the show today to talk about some unique things and some biblical things regarding transitions. And so can mm-hmm. you kick us off by just elaborating on your advocacy for conversations surrounding successful leadership transitions. Absolutely. This, um, this statement is, is not original with me. I don't, I don't know who to ascribe it to, but I definitely adhere to it. We, we would all agree. And this is very obvious. One of the resonating passions that you have that everything rises and falls on leadership. That's, that's a very commonly held, uh, tenant. And I, I believe that. But really, if we take it to its logical conclusion and we're buying into the kingdom that we are representing, which is eternal, then mm-hmm. we want our impact to even outlast us. It, it's it's something that I'm not wanting to die with me. So in order for my leadership and influence to impact beyond my lifespan, then it's very important that we deal with transition. So I really think everything really rises and falls on the successful transition of leadership. Because okay. if it if if we don't nail it in transition, it's possible to build something in our life that we I, I know this is a bit of a play on words, but we kill in our death. It it's yeah. when when we die, it dies. So, in order to prevent that, I think we have to talk about transition. Yeah. So, um, just for clarification, I mean, we have a lot of we have business leaders, business Christian leaders on this podcast. We have you mm-hmm. know ministry leaders that are that you know work a full time job and and volunteer in their church, and and then we have pastors and even full time uh, staff things of that nature. I would say that, that that is 
that is probably applicable not just to senior leadership, but that's applicable to any leadership. Would you agree with that? Uh, 100%. 100%. I believe it's, and I think you mentioned in our uh, pre-show prep when we were, you know, in the weeks leading up to this, um, I think you mentioned that you had Pastor Raymond Woodward on as Mm -hmm. uh, a host and, and maybe even spoke some on transition. He made yeah. this statement, and I think it fits every level, but for sure in his position as a senior leader, that every pastor is in transition. I think hmm. every none yeah. of us are in our positions forever. So yeah. it doesn't matter if I'm in the Sunday school department. It doesn't matter if I'm heading up the hospitality yeah. team or I'm a CEO of a successful company. I'm not that forever. Yeah. So eventually there will be a transition one way or the other, whether you're being promoted to a different, different role or you're uh, you're aging out or, you know, health gets you or uh, absolutely. I guess you're, you're always working towards a transfer of leadership in some form or fashion. And I think this is part of what, what resonates with me, Ryan, as far as the passion that I have for it, is I'm the recipient of that. So yeah. I'm, I'm pastoring a church that is, you know, somewhere around 93, I think years uh, of age. Wow. So one of the, one of the uh, concerns that I had when I was coming into more senior leadership was look around the landscape of, of, of Christianity in general and find how many evangelical churches, how many, uh, Pentecostal churches that are a hundred years old. Yeah. Um, it, it's, they're, they're, they're fewer than they are common. And so the reason that we're even here is that that speaks to somewhere there's been successful transition. Somewhere yeah. Paul handed it to Timothy and somewhere uh, Moses handed it to Joshua and somewhere there has been a handoff. And in my case, it ha- it's happened three other times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we don't mess it up because the farther that we get down the, the corridor of success, the, the more par- paramount it is that we get it right. And so I, yeah. I didn't want to drop the ball, so to speak in, or, or the baton in, in this particular season of our church's history. Yeah. And, and I would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, even from a personal standpoint, the transition that you experienced in your life. And I don't know if now would be appropriate or, or a little later. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I, I think an interesting part of it is that it, my father was the pastor. And so, You know, from an outside perspective, it probably could have the appearance that there's, you know, some familial hierarchy component to it. But that, that really was not the case. It was, it was a divinely ordained, um, transition. But I had mm-hmm. people coming to me and speaking to me because of the family component mm-hmm. that, you know, be cautious of this. This will ruin your relationship with your dad. Um, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and, and, and and so all of this contributed to uh, a bit of a, a cloud of anxiety a bit that, and I know that's maybe being a, a bit vulnerable there and open, but, yeah. you know, I, I didn't want to lose the relationship with my dad just to fulfill what I felt like God had called me to fulfill. So that awakened the uh, awareness in me that let's mm-hmm. get these transitional elements right. So you got hypersensitive to the, to the details. Yeah. You know, the words of the, of the, and where the they transition. could leave, where, where they could fall off, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and where were the potholes, so to speak yeah. in, in, in the transition process. And so because of the fact that it, it, it was a spiritual journey and I understand that the community that we're talking to is larger than just that, but I mm-hmm. began looking into the word of God for what are the examples 
of successful yeah. transition that we can that we can follow. And and so in in my case, it was the fact that we have a an an old church, so to speak, as far as the a mature church. This is not a new right. church, right? And then it's a father son, naturally speaking, transition as well as outgoing senior pastor incoming. Would you say pastor. that that made it easier or harder? I'm going to say uh, that in in the end it was easier for me, and 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 there okay. may be there may be different uh, opinions. Everybody experiences it differently, but yeah. Um, and we can get into this more. It, it takes two for every transition to work. You know, absolutely, it, sort of it, like a marriage, it, huh? Yeah, exactly. right. So there's yeah. there's there's uh, there is a sharing of responsibility. And so I guess I would say at this point, and again, we may circle back to this later, um, open communication with my dad and, and just that, yeah. that commitment from both generations, we are going to make this work. And, and if I could say this, got... go ahead. Well, if I could just, if I could just say this with, with, without sounding, there's, there's no arrogance or, or, or pride in this. I don't even think the church realizes the amount of work that goes into making transition work. I don't think a congregation even fully grasps it's, it's what is going on. <laughs> it's massive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But your but your hypersensitivity to the details, um I'm sure through prayer, through um you know, just logistical, through emotional, you know, all of the dynamics that are involved in that your hypersensitivity to that, I would imagine has, has created that smooth process for you. Um, sure. And I, and I, and I, I say that tongue in cheek smooth because I'm sure it was quite challenging at times, but a successful transition. And I think that's ultimately what we're looking for is successful. It, it's yeah. never going yeah. to be, you can't take two men that are leader quality and, and, and have there not be differences of, of administration. And absolutely. It, if you just, have two seen two senior leaders, you're going to have a, a competitive na- nature generally with both of those leaders. Yes. And, and you're yes. going to butt heads. Uh, and, I, and I think that that's right. where even some of the things within the Christian leader blueprint um, is comes in and is so important, like being able to, to uh, have healthy conflict, healthy conversations. So you know, right. To, to to not ignore and not be passive in in, a, in an approach to resolving things that that may be differences of opinions. So I think that's a yeah. Big and deal. I think if there's if there's one thing just to to just kind of um, hook onto what you're saying there, if it's going to work, there has to there, you've got to get rid of insecurity. Yeah. Confidence is that thing that <laughs> is, that is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> is that possible? Maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I received that. Absolutely. We have to strive. You know, I think there's <laughs> that, an interesting there thing go. here. There you go. I, I, I got you. I understood what you yeah. were saying. I think there's an interesting biblical example that we can give, give here. Okay. Hebrews yeah. the 11th chapter gets a lot of credit. It's it's okay. the faith hall of fame. It's it's where the successful all go to hang out. So, and it's where we run when we're needing encouragement. And you know, now there's certain parts of Hebrews 11 we don't want to read, like the sauna under yeah. stuff and all that. But you know, we 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 kind of resonate the faith element. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10. Now this is going to come to shock to you, to your highly intelligent audience but comes before hebrews 11 so it's it's the lead up is casting not away your confidence Hmm. the precursor to maintaining faith is maintaining confidence that's good so without confidence faith doesn't have the rails to run on and you begin losing faith that something's going to work and so I think that outgoing leader, to your point, will never be free of insecurity. But that outgoing leader has got to be secure enough in who he has been 
and who he will be and the purpose of the next mm. phase of his life. And the incoming leader has to be secure enough in who he is and who's God called, who God has called him to be, that he can let the outgoing leader be the man while still embracing who he is. And, and that is, that sounds so easy to say, but that is the crux <laughs> of the, of the matter right there. But is, but is a powerful, powerful statement and so true. That is, um, I've never been in your shoes in, in, in transition the way that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I've witnessed it on several occasions with different churches and even some of the clients that I work with have, have moved into transition in, in that manner. And so I've got to witness it firsthand, but your statement is so true that, um, there, there, you have to be settled in your shoes. And I think that's not always the case for everybody. It's a, it's a process to work on. I think even prior to transition, hopefully the Lord is moving people to a, to a process of working right. on that and, and, and removing those right. insecurities. Well, I think one of the things is if we're not careful, we, we, we view and, and, and maybe conflate leadership with position. Yeah. And so if we don't have a position, we don't think we're leading. Mm-hmm. If, if, and, and so especially in the case of through that transitionary period, you know, are, are, you're not the senior leader. So are you anything? Because yeah. we don't think influence can happen unless we have the position. And man, the moment they change the placard on the desk, all of a sudden I have a ministry, you know? And so the, the, the danger that I see in that is if, and, and now I'm talking to myself futuristically, I want to remember this when I get to this point <laughs> in, in transition, that my ministry is not tied to my position. Yes. I had oh, a ministry say, before I had a position. Say that, say that a little bit louder and again. <laughs> <laughs> my ministry is not tied to my position. Yeah. And, you know, it, that rolls off the tongue so smooth, but it, if we're not careful, and, and I think I think something that's lost on us is that the man that saved Egypt was second in command. Hmm. You do not have to be in that first position, senior no. position, to make an impact and to make yeah. a difference. I'm so, I'm so glad you said that. And, and Daniel, when I settled into my shoes, into, into the fact that I am not, I'm not, I was not built to be a senior pastor. I was, I, my giftings are so much better used in the context of an organizational style church behind the scenes. Yes. And when I, when I settled on that, it was, it was huge for me. It was life changing for me. And, and you're right. Calling, I can live out my calling in a lot of different ways. I, I could go be a senior pastor. Sure. But I, could, but I could also stay as an assistant pastor and utilize the gifts in a much greater way. Maximize and, and this, your influence. <laughs> this is not exactly what we're, what we're talking about here today, but I think it's a great point that our, our, our calling is not necessarily tied to our position. Right. Right. Love and, that. and so here's what I think happens. And, 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 and this could be a discussion of its own, but I understand in the local church that, that the past, the pastoral role is, is elevated over maybe the other mm-hmm. four sure. fingers of the fivefold ministry. Sure. Um, yet, in ministry, who says that trumps any other role of apostolic ministry? So that, that, uh, in my opinion, that, that, that unhealthy view of ministry has men aspiring to be a pastor mm-hmm. when maybe they're a teacher, maybe they're an evangelist, maybe they're, and so it has people aspiring to it that shouldn't be there, and it has people staying there sh- that should be moving on from it because the moment that they relinquish that position, they think they're nothing. Yeah. And so that affects transition. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Because the guy that's you, coming you know, in thinks he's nothing. <laughs> and the guy that's there thinks I can't let it go because I'll be nothing. Yeah. I love uh, this is subtle. I, I don't even know if you purposely did this. But in your bio, when I asked for a bio from you, you said that you lead a team of pastors, teachers, and leaders across mm-hmm. multiple campuses. Mm-hmm. It's 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 subtle, but, right. but it's like you made sure to elevate the teachers and the leaders. Maybe not to the level of pastors. Maybe there's maybe there is a difference. I you know. Sure. Uh, I don't feel I, I don't feel uh, I respect authority by all means. Sure. But sure. But, uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm in, I'm above I'm a pastor at, at POA. I don't feel like I'm above any ministry leader that I lead. I may be sure. above in position, but as far as uh, we're mutual adults and we have callings to increase the kingdom of God. Right. And, and we're all working together to, to do that. But I, I love the way that you you put an emphasis in your bio, even on leaders and, yeah. and teachers, such such an important thing. Well, I I that's that's another another whole avenue of the discussion. But let me let me just say this real quickly to that. I, yeah. I think that anointed leadership and appointed leadership is something that's not talked about enough either, and. Appointed leadership, the 70 were appointed. Mm-hmm. And they played as much a role in turning the world upside down as the anointed did. And I think mm-hmm. part of the problem is we tend to elevate the anointed. And I'm not I'm not speaking down on that. That's necessary and it has its has its position. Absolutely. Yeah. But man, you can't, you cannot accomplish the fullness of the kingdom of God without the appointed leader. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I think that it's incumbent upon us, back to your point, it's incumbent upon us who find ourselves in positions of anointed calling. And I know that we're all anointed to be saints in, in every area, but in spiritual authority, we're anointed to operate in offices that maybe not everybody else is. So it's incumbent upon us to recognize those other offices and to, and to give the due recognition to them. And I, I, I think that that's when the kingdom is really starting to thrive is when it's operating on every level. So before we continue on with the podcast, this episode is brought to you by Christian leader community coaching. Are you a Christian leader experiencing low productivity or chaotic lifestyle? And maybe you're overwhelmed and just unsure of what it's gonna take to create growth in your life. And so I wanna introduce to you our Christian Leader Community Coaching Program. Through our step-by-step framework, you're gonna discover a better rhythm of life, you'll see yourself more clearly, leverage your strengths, and build more productive relationships. With our full archive of courses, our supportive community of peers, a powerful leadership assessment to get you quickly focused. We also have live community coaching and so much more. And I've personally seen its huge impact with leaders from all over the world experiencing laser-focused growth in their lives. And now, through this community, this experience is open to you. And we want to help you implement these simple frameworks and then celebrate with you as you experience significant results in your life. Don't wait any longer. Go to ryanfranklin.org and join the Christian Leader Community Coaching today. And I look forward to seeing you inside the community. Now back to our podcast. I love that. We're, We're all part of the body. Exactly. And without without one, we're not a complete body. Without Ex- without the without the parts. Well said. Um, so, back to transition. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we Anybody say we rabbit trails? <laughs> we could easily continue down that rabbit trail, but we're gonna we're gonna get back to transition. <laughs> uh, you 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 brought some scripture 
into play just a few minutes ago, but let's talk about Paul and uh, he encouraged Timothy to pass down a mm-hmm. doctrine to successive generations. So h- how do you interpret this in the context of leadership succession today? And what, what should leaders consider when they're passing on knowledge and responsibility? Oh, those are great questions, um, Ryan, and I think they strike to the core of of what we are trying to accomplish by successful having a successful transition. Um, mm-hmm. Paul is the first example that I ran to, and I think one of the perils that Paul is addressing, and it, it really is a peril, I'm afraid, in many organizations, and that is we're way too short-sighted. We, we, if we can get it into the next generation, then we feel like we've survived. We've, we've, we've accomplished what we've been called to accomplish. Notice when Paul is talking to Timothy, notice the breadth that the generational span that he's covering. Paul is talking to his son in the gospel and he is saying, now I already know that you have it, Timothy. So now I'm going to instruct you on what you should do when you're in my position. So I want you to find men who have been faithful and are able to teach others also. We have a four-generation span. Paul was not just worried about Timothy. He was securing that this thing is going to get at least four generations deep from where it's at right now. So not, when we not start, even the next, not even the next no, generation. Absolutely. And, 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 and the problem is here is, and I'm going to just lump myself into this. Sometimes I'm just thinking about my day to day. I'm just trying to survive. And, <laughs> absolutely. But absolutely. Yet Paul is, is reaching down into four generations of, of leadership succession. Right. That's pretty powerful. And so he's telling him, you know, you got to be, you got to be instant in season and out of season. And he's given him instructions on what a bishop is. And he's given him instructions on how to handle division. And, and I mean, it, it's expansive and exhaustive everything yeah. that Paul is saying to make sure. So when we're talking transition, it is not just Paul to Timothy. It is Paul mm-hmm. to men that he won't even meet. It's, it's the longevity is, because, and I think again, to, to, to circle back to some, uh, a statement that was made earlier is, is we are, we're, we're just, we're way too short sighted and we we fail to realize, especially those of us that are in, in, in kingdom work, we are peddling an eternal gospel. Mm-hmm. So is there really any acclaim that we got it through 60 years? Like we, we yeah. really need to be focused a bit farther. And when you start thinking that way, it does change how you plan your day today. Yeah. And it does change how you teach and how you make sure that what you're passing off will guide this thing beyond, beyond your tenure of leadership. That's very good. Very and good. one of the things I think that happens and, and maybe this can, can help us. Uh, if I could segue into the next step is at some point, and, and this was a gray area. At some point, it transitions from Paul depositing it in Timothy. We have very much predecessor speaking to successor. That's the, that's the feel of Paul telling Timothy, this is what you need to do. Yeah. But at some point, it switches like in the Elijah-Elisha transition to Elisha mm-hmm. pursuing Elijah and going, hmm. I'm going to get from you whatever I can. So it starts with the predecessor investing in the successor. Then it transitions to the successor pulling it from the predecessor. That's interesting. That's interesting. Can you, can you, kind of dive into that just a little bit more and and tell uh, I guess explain a little bit more about what you're talking about there absolutely so I, I can't really tell you when when 
my pastor, my dad started investing in me. I, I don't know when that happened. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I'm giving myself thumbs up now. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what that was. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that I've ever had a thumbs up like that on my there we on go. My podcast. So there I you don't go. Know. <laughs> and if you're watching on regular podcasts, go to YouTube. There it is. And view it on YouTube. You'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. I'm I'm interesting. I'm amen and amen and myself. <laughs> Okay, I'll try to keep my thumbs out of the screen here. <laughs> so we, um, when I can't tell you when my dad started investing in me. I can tell you mm-hmm. when I started pursuing him. Hmm. And so, what, what um, made that shift? What made that shift? I, I think it, it's something, and that's why I, I said earlier, it's like a gray area, and, and I think we all would arrive at it maybe at different points in the transition. But as you feel the weight of that mantle settling on you, I think you uh-huh. realize at that moment, man, there's value in 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 what um, in, in what he has, and if I don't mine yeah. it from him and I lose him, I've I've lost some 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 invaluable input. yeah so it's kind of a shift from you know you you move into this with confidence like you talked about uh with a competitive nature with that leadership energy kind of moving through you you're 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 ready to go storm hell with a water pistol pistol right, right. and uh <laughs> but it's a shift sort of to where the weight of this is kind of settled on you, not, not in a bad way, not in a, an in, insecure way, but, uh, but just a shift that, that lets you know that this thing is bigger than you even. Well said. And I, well said. And I need, I, I need input from, from, you know, peers maybe, but I really need input from my mentor. And that would be in your case, your, your father. Right. And so I, I can give you this example. Uh, let, let me say this first. Am, the, the ambition and vision are often hard to, to, to delineate between which is which. And yeah. when I'm saying ambition, I'm, re, I'm, I'm really referring to unsanctified ambition. We all need ambition, but yeah. Right. Right. So vision that divine unction of what you know the purpose of God is, what you've been called to do, and ambition that is out for uh, for you and, and, and the promotion of self and what you desire. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. ambition and vision will both respond to the altar calls the same way. They both are moved emotionally the same way. So uh, how do you know whether you're ambitious or how do you know whether you are a man of or woman of vision? How do I delineate between the two? I really feel personally, personally, that what, what separates the ambitious from the visionary is how mm-hmm. they respond when they meet authority. Authority helps filter out the ambitious from the visionary. Hmm. And so you to, to unpack that a little bit further, it's ambition is always threatened by the clock. It's always threatened by, I, I, I have a narrow window of time and it's fleeting and it's passing. And if I don't get my opportunity, what am I going to do? Yeah. Whereas vision, because it's rooted in an eternal call, it's not threatened by the ticking of the top, of the clock. It's almost like faith or lack of faith versus faith. Mm. It's, it's, it's almost like this is me doing this. Or this is, I'm I'm just a vessel. Yes. And when you get, you've got to have that revelation as the, as the, uh, successor in transition, because what happens, and I'm again, there's so many different, uh, there's no, there's no set rules for transition. So our transition was very slow. It was over a, over a period of years. So as the mantle Mm -hmm. began to shift, of senior leadership from my dad to myself, God began dealing with me about things that are really senior level leadership, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't in the position. And so you go through that awkward moment 
where you are struggling with, I, I feel like this is necessary, but yet I don't have yeah. the authority or the right to operate within it. So I bring it to the table and, and my dad can listen to this podcast and he, he could, he could give his own insight to this. I bring it to the table yeah. and he doesn't think it's no, no, it's, it's, it's fine. And so I'm sitting here because I don't have the weight of responsibility of that number one position. And I'm going, mm -hmm. man, we're not tapping into the potential of this organization. Are we sleeping at the switch? <laughs> and, and, and I'm struggling, right? And then I meet yeah. him. No, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we need to do that right now. And, and so what I found out is that number one, if it's, if it's a divine vision, it can handle a no. It can survive a waiting period. And what I've found is now that I'm in that senior position, I'm implementing what God gave me. It was not wrong. It was just a waiting game. It was just the timing wasn't right. So the outgoing leader can't be insecure, but the incoming leader can't be impatient. Hmm. He's, wow. he's, he's got to realize that if God's giving it to him, and it's very likely that God is, because God has called you for that position. But you can't be Moses and go out and start killing Egyptians just because there's a deliverer inside of you. Wow. Hmm. That's powerful. The, the timeline is very important, Moses. And so you feel that inward tension of, I know what I'm called to do, but yet, I don't feel like I'm authorized to do it. And if you jump too quick, it sends you for, for a 40 year trip in the wilderness. You're, yeah. you're so, so this was, you know, with, you mentioned Elisha and Elijah, this is obviously with them, it was a sort of a treacherous time. Would you say that what you're talking, what you're speaking to there is, is why people are so challenged during transition? Without a doubt. Okay. Without a doubt. You look at someone like Elijah, who is a, to use a, a more secular term, a world-class leader. I mean, Moses is considered by many, uh, many leadership gurus to be the supreme leader in some cases, mm -hmm. and not in a sense of God versus little gods, but even more than Jesus was. I mean, he, he single-handedly led, uh, millions of people out of captivity without, you know, without military presence, without. So you look at men like Moses and Elijah and Paul, and these men cast big shadows. Right. My dad was one such man. How do I follow a man like that? How do you follow as an Elisha? How do you follow an Elijah who has called fire down from heaven, has, has stopped the heavens from rain, confronted the spirits of Ahab and Jezebel, dealt with 450 prophets of Baal, all, all while he didn't even have, at least he didn't think he had, a, a, a church that was with him, a congregation that was with him. You know, whose side yeah. are you on? He's asking them on the top of the mountain. So you have Elisha coming up under the shadow of a ministry like that going, man, how in the world can I compete with that? Yeah. Yet inside of Elijah is an insecurity that's flawed. Mm -hmm. He leaves the the what what many of us in leadership would would readily identify as the pinnacle of success. The the fire falling from heaven and then opening the windows of heaven and it raining and 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 victory over the adversary. Man, let, right. let's, let's go on a cruise and celebrate the win. He doesn't. He runs. He's got this, this vulnerability inside of him. Now, he's got a mantle on him and an anointing on him that can tie heaven to earth, but it still doesn't make up for that vulnerability inside of him. And we find hmm. him now hunkering down in the back of a cave, Asking God to take his life, I don't think it's a stretch to say at least struggling with suicidal tendencies, but just didn't have the nerve to do it himself. Yeah. I mean, he's, 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 wow. he's, he's struggling with a black cloud of depression. 
Hmm. After after being on the height of of spiritual success. And so it's in this moment, I don't want to hunker out here too long, but it's just in this moment that God visits him. There's an earthquake, there's wind, there's fire. And I think there's all kinds of theological principles and connectivity here where, where he just called fire down from heaven, you know, and it's, it's yeah. like Moses or um, Elijah, come back out here to the mouth of the cave, come up here to the top of the mountain. Look, here's fire again. And then there's these little clauses, but God wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. Then there was earthquakes, but God wasn't in it. And there was wind, but God wasn't in it. Then comes a still, small voice. And the instruction that came was this. Go get Elisha. So what hmm. every... What every uh, what every leader needs, what every dynamic leader needs is someone from the next generation to help him overcome the vulnerabilities that he has. There is wow. no senior leader, I don't care how anointed wow. we are, that doesn't have an Achilles heel. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And so the solution to this issue that pulls you into this manic depression, Elijah, is go get someone from the next generation to be with you, to serve you. And ironically, from that moment on, we never read, it's never recorded, of Elijah suffering with depression again. And so what? Mm. in order for there to be a transition, Elijah has to embrace the need that is within him. I need help. I can't get it across the finish line without Elisha. Fire is powerful, but fire is not going to help me get it across the finish line. Wind that will shred rocks is dynamic, but that won't help me get it across the finish line. Yeah. I need Elisha. That's powerful. You could you could keep preaching here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me let me just speak speak to this one fact right here. So yeah. then he reaches back and takes the mantle and he strikes out and he finds Elisha. So now let's talk to the successor. So the the the, the predecessor has to embrace I need help. I can call mm-hmm. fire down from heaven and prophets of Baal are nothing for me. But boy, this 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 depression thing. And so then he goes by divine instruction and he finds Elisha and Elisha is not just sitting around waiting on an opportunity. Elisha. What's, what's go ahead. What's interesting there. What, what's interesting there is that, uh, the vulnerability that was displayed there by Elijah and then the desire to seek, not just God, what was God's answer? Relationship. And so good. Yes. It's God. God ministers to us and heals us. Yes, he can do it alone, but many times it's through relationship with others. And that's a critical piece, critical piece of, of even the blueprint of, of uh, building more productive relationships in the blueprint. But that's a, that's a critical piece for even transitions, what we're speaking of today. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I love that. Love that. Well, if, if we're not careful, all of us, the, the appeal of the sensational, we, 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 we want God to just fix it in a fire falling from heaven moment. Right. Because he and just did. He just did he on can, the mountain. But that's not the way he chooses to do it most right. of the time. And so go form a relationship with the next generation. That's how you're going to fix this. That's powerful. That's powerful. Now, um, we're not going to get to everything that we, that we thought we would get to. (laughs) Sure. Uh, but I, I really want to key into this because I think you, I think you, um, I think you have some really good insight and some thought on, on this that I would like to pull out of you. Um, talking about Elijah's vulnerability the vulnerabilities of, of previous generations. Yes. You know, none of us are perfect, Daniel. I mean, we're, 
we have flaws. We have, we have parts of us that are not pretty. That's just Absolutely. reality. And, and I know that this is something that you're very passionate about, but, but using Noah's son as an, as an example, mm-hmm. uh, cause that's a powerful example. Can you tell yes. us how different generations handle the, can handle the imperfections and the vulnerabilities of their predecessors in, in a positive and a, in a good way? Absolutely. I, I, I think that is the classic example. We, we first of all have to embrace as senior leaders. We have to embrace. We yeah. are not perfect. So as, as part of this discussion, the longer we live, the more, the more, um, the more common our vulnerabilities are known. The, if, mm-hmm. the, the more, you know, our, our friendship is a, a newly formed friendship. The longer right. our relationship goes, the more we know about each other. And subsequently, the more vulnerabilities that we know about each other. I know that this is a vulnerability with you and you definitely would have no problem finding them with me. And so at yeah. that moment, we have Noah who has just led his family through the judgment of God. Mm-hmm. He has just brought mercy to us, I mean, we we are still feeling it to this day. Without Noah, there's no us. So, who would who would even think of casting shade on a man like Noah? When right. when they when they talk about him in the New Testament, they say he's a preacher of righteousness, but he still had vulnerabilities, and so he emerges from that that ark, plants a vineyard. Mm-hmm. He then becomes intoxicated on his fruitfulness, and that's that's a discussion that we all could could talk about more. But <laughs> right, okay. And so now, but here here's the deal: he's he, he's he's intoxicated. That, that, yeah. that that's a vulnerability. But he's not in the town square. He's in his tent, and he mm-hmm. is he is naked. He is uncovered. He is vulnerable. So he is an, he's an older man now. He's on his way out. He's, he has met the need of his day. He's built the ark, brought his family through, survived. And now he's in a season of his life when the vulnerabilities are more noticeable. Yeah. And Ham walks in and he comes back out and he is mocking the nakedness of his father. The hmm. two other boys back their way in and they cover the nakedness of the previous generation. So what, what, what comes to me out of this is that in every transition and in every predecessor successor relationship, you've got to make up your mind right now. What are you going to do with the nakednesses that you discover in your predecessor? Every successor needs to make up his mind now when I discover a vulnerability in the in the predecessor, I am not going to exploit it. Because you will find them. You'll no find doubt. them. You'll find yeah. them. They're there. Yeah. And so we have we're, a culture. We're we're. I was about to. I was about to mention culture. We're we're okay. in a cancel yeah. culture. That's it. And and so, you know, how can we, how can we navigate celebrating the successes? of those previous generations while still acknowledging, Hey, my dad or my predecessor is human. Right. And so I, I want to be clear on this. Covering it is not covering sin. Yeah. We're, we're not talking Correct. covering Correct. sin. We're talking covering Correct. vulnerabilities, weaknesses. Yeah. And so the farther we get away from Winston Churchill, the easier it is to pick them apart. And so the idea that someone is going to accuse, and I'm, I'm not, this is not original with me. The accusation that comes from this cancel culture is, you know, Winston Churchill was a racist. Excuse me. I, I can't advocate for everything that he said, but I definitely seen what he did to step in and stop the Nazi war machine uh-huh. from trying to exterminate a race. Racist? Let's celebrate what he did. My celebration of his successes is not my embracing of his failures, nor mm-hmm. condoning 
of everything that he did. But I definitely don't think we have to go through and tear down every bust of Winston Churchill because he swore or he was drunk or he was. Yeah. And so it becomes incumbent upon the leaders of the next generation to settle in their mind. What are we going to do with the nakedness and the drunkenness of previous generations with those vulnerabilities? Mm -hmm. And here's, here's why it's important. If, if you trace the, the downline of the generation that says, let's exploit the vulnerabilities of, of our predecessor. They are Canaanites. They are the ones that only get to stay in the promised land until those that are qualified to be there show up. And then they're drove out. Mm -hmm. The ones that get to possess the promised land are those that backed in and covered with respect the vulnerabilities of their father. Wow. They are the ones that get to move in and enjoy the land flowing with milk and honey. So you really have to decide who do I want, who do I, who do I want my downline to be? And that determines how I handle my upline. And then we're back to, we're not just trying to That's get it from powerful. one generation That's to the other. Right there. We're trying yeah. to get it at least four generations deep, which is what yeah. Paul was after. So uh, essentially what you're saying is, and, and we're going to wrap up here, but essentially what you're saying is, is, is that, is that our future leadership, even to multi generations in the future is heavily dependent on how we honor legacies and deal with the imperfections of our Absolutely. predecessors. That's powerful. We have no That's record. Ryan, no record of Elisha ever bringing it up to Elijah. Well, you were just a depressed old prophet before I came along. Yeah. That's you powerful. know what it says he was? He was a prophet to the prophet. He ministered to Elijah in his room. So that comes down to you can't be impatient. Well, I'll have a ministry when I'm on a stage. You've got to be willing to be a prophet to a prophet before you can be a prophet to people. Goodness. We could go down another rabbit trail there. <laughs> That's good. Yes, we could. That's good. <laughs> I, anything else regarding transition that you'd like to say before I ask you my last uh, general question? Just want to make sure there's nothing else there that you want to unpack before I move forward. I, I think I think the takeaway is is really that you know Elisha gets to here here's here's yeah let's just say this Elisha gets to handle the mantle before he gets ownership of the mantle because mm. he's ministering to Elijah in his room. Elijah's like, here, take this, hang this over here. And he grabs it and he feels that feeling again wow. that came across him in the field. And, and he was just happy with that. And because of that, look at all the dynamic things that happened in Elijah's ministry in rooms because he was willing as a successor to serve in private, he was blessed with an anointing that absolutely doubled everything his predecessor did in public. Hmm. That's awesome. That's powerful. Well, I, I hate to end this conversation. We may even have to have a part <clears throat> two at some point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like we could continue talking for, for hours on this subject. but There's so um, much to it. So much to it. And I, and I do want, we do have to bring it to a close, but I want to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests. Uh, it doesn't have to be related to this particular topic. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. What's one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? Hmm. I think the first thing I'd say is listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if he would. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the problem with my younger self. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um the really it, it it would probably align with our topic that we've been discussing. Yeah. Um I I would say worry less. And that that seems to be pretty um uh, pretty broad. I would just the 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 antidote to worry is trust in my opinion and and if we look yeah. over our life 
how many of the things that we've ever worried about ever came to pass? I mean, worry has a pretty poor batting average, but yet we continue to do it. And so I would, I would try to be way more selective with the voices that were speaking to me about this topic of transition. And yeah. well, what if this happens? And don't let it ruin, as I've referred to earlier, don't let it ruin your relationship with your dad. And, and, and I would just worry less and, and I would wait more. I'd just be yeah. less driven by, you know, I'm 30 years of age and this hasn't happened yet. And I'm and, and, you're supposed, and, and, and you're supposed to be starting your ministry like Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Huh? <laughs> exactly. You know, are you going to go start an evangelistic ministry? Because you're not the senior pastor yet. And and and, and, and I, yeah. I would just worry less and wait more. I like that. That's that's great words of wisdom. Well, Pastor McKillop, this has been a great conversation, and I just want to thank you so much for giving us your time. It's been a privilege to have you on today. If people want to connect with you in some way, um, where can they find you online? I know you mentioned it earlier, but I want you to mention it again, your podcast, Kingdom Speak. If you can just tell where you're at online and where people can yes, find you. The, uh, the one-stop shop is kingdomspeak.ca. That's kind of... All of our socials okay. are connected there. Um, our church website, familyworship.ca, and they can reach out through any of our social media uh, platforms, and we'd be happy to communicate with them there. All right. Tremendous. Well, I'll definitely put those links in the show notes for sure. So this concludes our, our show today, and if you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to audio podcast or on YouTube, and also it would just make my day if you would take a minute to rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. My name is Ryan Franklin. Thank you so much for joining us on the Christian Leader Made Simple podcast.